Hey y'all, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Mind of Ronnery. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are back to our producer series, talking about DJ Premier or Primo, the man, the myth, the living legend. He's produced some of the best records in hip hop, so we hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. Back with me once again, my co-host, Kyle Bodanis. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good. I had to make sure I uh, hit a vaporizer for this one because it's uh, you got to be... Got to get in that headspace for uh, today's topic. Uh, I'm doing good, as good as one can do with the uh, current situation, which we, you know, always check in on. But uh, I'm feeling okay, enjoying the weekend. Beautiful day out today. Was sitting outside, enjoying a cigar. You got to love it. How about you? Not doing too bad, you know. Just uh, you know, passing the days by. But I'm excited about our, our topic. How do you feel about Gangstar? What are your What are your memories of Gangstar? Gangstar is one of my favorite hip-hop groups. Absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, basically, when I worked at, I believe, was it Shoeless Joe? The brief time I was with Shoeless Joe's, uh, just trying to make a buck uh, before I worked, moved on to In Between Good Kitchens. Uh, there's this guy, Kev Bo, who brought in a copy of uh, Full Clip, a decade of, that's a decade of uh, Gangstar, and we would just listen to it over and over and over and over and over again, and I, I fucking, like, Mass Appeal, Dwick, X-Girl, The Next Girl, the Militia 2 remix, like just all this shit. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I just fell in love with Gangstar and I got all their albums and I fucking love them. I mean, I feel like, you know, RIP Guru, Gangstar is, they to me are like one of the quintessential East Coast hip hop groups. Funny enough, like the quintessential New York hip hop group, even though, you know, from Boston, you know, premieres it's from weird. Texas. It's weird. Their association with New York is so heavy, but, like, he's from Texas. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, in case you haven't guessed by now, we are talking about our favorite producers, important producers. Today, we're going to be getting into DJ Premier, who I personally believe, you know, is maybe the most important producer in hip-hop. It might be a little bit controversial, Hopefully it's not, but yeah, I think let's uh, let's jump right into it. To answer your to, well, not to answer your question, to to just jump on that uh, in terms of being one of the most producers in hip hop. I think important producers in hip hop definitely think it is definitely. I think there's three that you have to consider. It's RZA, DJ Premier, and Dr. Dre. For me, they are the three-headed monster of importance uh, from a hip-hop standpoint. When you're looking at just the albums they were on, the albums they produced, absolutely. I mean, so in terms of like the impact of Gangstar on hip-hop, I mean, right off the bat, they're one of the best producer-MC combos in in the history of hip-hop. Like, I would say, who is better? That would be my first question. I mean... That whole jazz rap narrative influenced contemporaries like, you know, A Tribe Called Quest, Della Soul, you know, in a way, No More Mr. Nice Guy kind of proved like the first, which is the first uh, Gangstar album, uh, kind of proved the jazz rap uh, viability, you know, as an artistic move. And, you know, these groups kind of all like fed off each other in, in what they were doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming in again, you know, No More Mr. Nice Guy's 1989 
And I think that opens up a very big path for a lot of music that followed it. And then you kind of just go right into it there. So I think, you know, let's talk about DJ Premier, you know, born in Houston, Texas Fifth Ward. Uh, He moved to Brooklyn in his teenage years. He might be known best as the half of Gangstar, but I think he's known in so many ways. He's impactful. He is, I think, you know, from 1989 till now, he is that producer that you go get to certify your album as hip hop. Um, and I, th- and I think that, you know, that's coast to coast. That is, you know, down South. That is, I want a hip hop beat that sounds timeless on my album and you get DJ premier and you bring him in. Yeah. And their album, I mean, it's having DJ premier on your album. Now is like something you tell your grandkids about, you know what I mean? Like, yo, Primo did, you know, Primo did this track and they're like, who the fuck is Primo? And then you hit your kid for saying that. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. But you I... feel like it. Uh, you know what I mean? The, like the album and also like, you know, with Gangstar, I mean, like their albums were albums. It wasn't like, hey, listen to these singles. You know, he's produced a ton of great singles and like, but like the tunes were banging, but the, like the albums were complete ideas lyrically and sonically, you know, it brought DJ Premier to the masses and made him a hot commodity in hip hop. And like the rest of the course of history, I mean, is there. I mean, again, it's RZA and Dr. Dre and him who dictate the next 20 years of hip hop, 20 fucking years. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So, you know, how do you what do you think about Gangstar dis- discography? You know, what's your favorite Gangstar album? And, you know, we got we talked a little bit about their impact on jazz rap and being pioneers of that. What do you think their impact has been on hip hop? And do you think DJ Premier would have been recognized without this, you know, first foray? Yeah, it's hard to say because this was like the proving ground for him and it gave him like the proper it gave him a lot of free reign to develop his sonic palette and with someone who was open to that right so if he was going to sonic spaces guru was you know willing to go there with him i think that it allowed him to kind of play with style because if you listen to you know um no more mr nice guy and then listen to like hard to earn or even like sleep in the arena, which I think is the next one. Like there is, you see it growing, and you see that growth and the tightening and and that kind of stuff. And I think it elevated this idea of the boom bap, and it like it really kind of came up with a formula for what works moving forward again that's why i think it's you know it's rizza dre and him because like all three of those guys come up with formulas that are emulated you know what i mean like the, like primos is more based in like soul and jazz and like even on non you know even on with artists who aren't fully in the jazz rap situation like they're injecting that on there whereas like rizza is like he really hits on the repetitive beats and dre it's this ode to studio recording so i think like his impact is is like the blueprint for hip-hop like that is creating the blueprint for hip-hop production moving forward like it's he is probably the most copied producer i would say too like almost that when people talk about boom bap Sometimes I think that they mean DJ Premier or, or, you know, 
beats that are influenced from his yeah. style. And I think that he encapsulates that, you know, I don't know if, like the best, but I would probably personally say in my favorite way. Like in terms of discography and like my favorite ones, I mean, um, Moment of Truth is in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. So like, you know, like I can't really, and it's one of my favorite rap discographies. Uh, so like if I was to order it, it would be uh, Moment of Truth. You got the title track. You got, you know, my C's. It's a setup. It's a setup is so fucking good. You hard know, to my earn. C's is amazing. It's so good. Uh, hard to earn with Dwick and Mass Appeal blowing up the spot. Dwick, um, is, D- Dwick is like also one of my favorite beats. Of it's all like time. so fucking good. And then uh, Daily Operation as X-Girl to Next Girl. Uh, until I was 30, anytime I had broken up with a female, I would play that song. Uh, to which I am kind of a loser. Uh, Daily Operation, No Shame in My Game. And then like uh, then it would be Step in the Arena, The Owners, and One of the Best Yet, which I wasn't really into. Yeah, I think uh, Step in the Arena might be my favorite gangstar album it's a good one man it's a good it's a good combination of like the original super jazz influence style of uh no more mystery nice guy and like what eventually would become yeah and i feel like just like everything about it to me like it like that album screams hip-hop to me uh the cover art like it just is really associate it has really strong associations with hip-hop um you know, Spike Lee kind of like praising it and, you know, them kind of being included in Mo' Better Blues. Um, I just think it really just has like, you know, super strong ties with hip hop to me. I think it's like one of those albums that like is always included in like mix shows. I think like all of Gangstar's work is just like just super iconic. And I think it's just, it's just really hard to compare the group to anything else because I think they were just part of a pioneering and defining a genre from its, you know, early inception, right? Like hip hop is still relatively new and relatively fresh at this point and, and it didn't really know where it was going to be. And for the first, like those first four albums I mentioned all the way to like, <clears throat> you know, Step in the Arena is probably my fourth favorite, but I still love that album. Like those four albums I listened like I listen to still to this day uh, relentlessly. Like I was uh, annoying Samantha while I was listening to it on the couch with it blasting, and you know she started head nodding too, and I'm like, wow, it's that loud because it's just fucking fantastic, and you have and you have to do it. And on those four albums, I'm not skipping any tracks. Like I'm trying to think of another like other artists where four straight albums by them, I'm not. Like, I'm not skipping tracks or, I, you know, the only reason I would ever skip track is because I want to hear this song first. You know what I mean? Like, but other than that, like, it just plays. Gangstar is the music I just put in the background to listen to and also to vibe to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think Gangstar, like, you know, springboarded DJ Premier into, you know, everything else that he would do, you know, from... The Gangstar, was it the Gangstar Federation or whatever that they had with like Group Home and mm-hmm. all these other members to, you know, getting on Nas's album, you know, in 1994? Well, I think it showed one is style, like, you know, from a beat standpoint, Primo, you know, Gangstar was fantastic. And that's because of fucking Primo. And I think that 
again, working with someone like Guru allowed him to like free reign to kind of create and establish himself and to set a tone. And then also like you can, you're not, you're not getting a, you're not getting a track here and there. You know what I mean? You're getting full albums that he's, he's producing. So you're seeing like how he's growing from album to album. You're seeing what he's putting into it. You're seeing the different things he's playing. You're seeing his taste is a big one. I mean, this guy's got probably like six, warehouses sorry uh six fucking uh storage units full of out al- you know records and in interviews with with dj premier like he's he's extremely prejudiced against people who don't have a lot of albums so like if you're getting if you're bringing a serato, a serato dj in and you don't have like f- hundreds of crates of records he's like you got to earn that shit first right it's a very old school mentality but i i still find it endearing and you know like the the big thing is the taste and what are you gonna what is this guy gonna bring me because at the end of the day you're bringing people beats you know what i mean you're playing records and bringing them out and it's always an audition to an extent yeah, and I think that, you know, kind of getting into that groove where you can work consistently with somebody to find a sound and to make your mark on hip-hop, right? And I think that's what Gangstar kind of afforded DJ Premier the opportunity to do because he became known for the the heavy scratching, the jazz uh, samples, the jazz riffs. And I think, you know, his work, we get into his work on Lord Finesse and Mike Smooth's Funky Tech Technician in 1990, his work with Drew the Damager in uh, Sun Rises to the East in 1994. And those albums and then, are good. His, uh, Drew Dam- the Damager albums are great. They're, they're amazing. And then yeah. you kind of get into that era where, you know, it's 1994, Nas is working on Illmatic, um or changing up the way that hip hop is is kind of like utilized at this point right cuz Nas's Illmatic is one of the first hip hop albums to have you know multi producers on it and you know you got Q-Tip on on it you have you know other producers kind large of lending professor. the large professor exactly and then you know you get DJ Premier so what do you think you know out of you know, Illmatic's track listing, how do you think DJ Premier's contributions stand out or do, do they stand out? You know, are they your favorite beats on on it? Does, is Large Professor the, the best producer on this album? Okay, you know? for me, my favorite on it is Large Professor yeah. because he did uh, It Ain't Hard to Tell, which is like one of my, fa- is my favorite song on that album and one of my favorite hip hop tracks. So it's, he he's kind of winning, but he also did, uh, I think he did Halftime and One Time for Your Mind. Yes, yeah, One Time for ones. Your Mind, yes. Yeah, so those are the three they did. But like also, like in fairness you know, to Primo, he does New York State of Mind. Yeah, which is, it's, it's, it, I think it's, it's like a, it's a toss-up, right? Like what, Large Professor yeah. has three on there, DJ Premier has three, you know. So like if I'm biased, I'm going to say Large Professor. I also enjoy Large Professor albums. Like listen to Large Professor shit. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, there's only so much you can you can say because I do, I think he does. Uh, what does he do? He does the sitting in the park. What is the name of the memory lane? He has memory, memory lane, lane on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah represent and yeah. New York State of Mind. So I think like you know, obviously, Illmatic's a classic album, probably the best, or if not one of the best hip hop albums, one of the best collections of producers for the era and maybe in any era oh it's it's like if you're coming at it and you have a reasonable and you do have an absolutely reasonable discussion and probably the right discussion about saying it's the best album 
you know, it's first of all, it's one of the best debuts of all time, like across any genre. I think you have to, in order to understand pop music of the last for the last 50 years, have listened to Illmatic and at least understand it. And um, he's produced three tracks on that in Large Professor. Like if you remove their two comp, like. Like, if you, you could remove other people's contributions and have it still be fucking amazing, but you couldn't remove theirs. Like, I think theirs and then Tips, but he only does the one track. But I love that fucking, I love that track. I think he was a one love. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. You know, and I think, like, it's, this is a really important album, right? Because at this point, we are five years into his his kind of discography, his production. You know, we have the Gangstar work we have you know some stuff with like two short some mixes um but this album illmatic is a, a genre defining album and so i think that kind of lends to how premiere is interested with hip-hop the way he is because he was a part of this music so early on and helped you know make these albums that influence the, the way that we think about hip-hop t- to this day I also got to just jump in there and say that maybe we're giving some disrespect to Pete Rock, uh, who is also fantastic, but I feel firm in what I've said. Yeah, I mean, the world of yours is great. Don't get me wrong. Every every single song on yeah. on Illmatic is, is great. But I think, you know, having the three DJ premieres Chongs, having Large Professor, having Pete Rock, having Q-Tip, like, like I said, it's one of the best producing groups of the time that you could get. And these are all legendary producers and you know dj premier sticks out for me and you know his scratching his it's so sampling good. it's it just it's world it's genre defining and it's world building production yeah like peer pressure by mob deep so good it's amazing yeah so how do you think you know you know we're at 1994 we're talking about large professor we're talking about pete rock we're talking about all these other people how do you think his style kind of compares and contrasts to these other producers how do you think he stands out amongst his peers well i think that they were collected together on illmatic because of their you know their stature even at that point within the industry but also the fact that their music dovetails into one another because for an album that has like five six different producers like it's very tight it's it's very much one thing and i i think that there's some dovetailing from a stylistic standpoint because of new york and the way it is um i think obviously from there primo is going to his his sound is going to you know go through another iteration and another change but like i think you know there is a similarity between his contemporaries like large professor like pete rock but i think they're not as versatile as DJ Premier, especially if you like, I mean, if you look at DJ Premier's like production discography, it's ridiculous. Like, he, okay, he has Bradford Mar- Marsalis on it, right? Yeah. So he's like, you know what I mean? He's got, he's working with Chaos KRS One. I mean, he kind of, you know, was, a, he grew up a huge fan. He's got MOP, like Big Daddy Kane. You know, uh, he's producing random, random tracks off uh, fucking Jazzmatazz, which, I mean, we'll talk, uh, maybe we'll get to, you know, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's just, like, ridiculous when you look at all the different people he's fucking worked for. And then, like, it gets into other stuff, too. Like, um, I'm trying to remember which, I think he did uh, Lady by D'Angelo, you know, like, just, 
th- that's where those guys kind of drop off for me. And like, that's no disrespect to them because like, you know, I bang a lot of stuff. I like, like I bang large, produ- large professors albums, like period, you know what I mean? And, uh, I just don't think they have the versatility that he has. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, they are talented in many ways. I think there's something to, to be said for DJ Premier's honing in and expansion of a singular sound that is a versatile sound, but it's still like you can hear his imit- his imitators from from a long way. Absolutely. Away. So, what did you think? Were you a fan of you know the group home album Living Proof, nineteen ninety five? I believe that came out all all DJ Premier production. I don't know, you know, you think of Nas's Where Are They Now? And, you know, that album to me, I think, stands out mostly because of the production on it and not so much the rapping. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the big thing. Because, like, I, when, you, when you're doing a DJ premiere uh, situation, you're going to have great production on it. So I think that, you know, maybe the... Um, you know, the beats weren't, sorry, not the beats, sorry, like the lyrics weren't, uh, the craziest. I mean, I think it's Lil Dap and I can't remember the name of the other guy on it. Now I'm trying to look it up. Melanchi, the Nutcracker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's okay, but like, it's, it's really the, you know, the sonic landscape that DJ Premier puts out that really kind of carries it. And it's another thing where he's showing his chops, but like, it's like, listen, I'll listen to those albums. They're, they're good. If I was to, you know, if I was to like, there's this song, uh, um, speak ye clout, which is quite good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, I think a lot of what you said is, is kind of how I feel about it. And I think that, when you have a producer like Premier who can elevate a sound so much, it doesn't really matter who's kind of in front of the mic so much. And not to say that, like, you know, they're not doing their thing as well, but he really kind of elevates whoever he's with. And I think that is part of what what provides his allure, his mystique, and is also what makes him so sought after. Yeah, and... He does, like, that's the thing. You want to hire people. You want to work with people who are elevating what you do, even if you're good, right? Because he elevates Jay-Z. He elevates all these, you know, different artists. He elevates uh, Nas. And that's not easy to do. You're talking about two of the greatest rappers of all time. And I'm thinking about their success without him. Because, like... He's on two of the greatest debuts of all, in, in, at least in hip hop, which is he's on reason. He does three tracks on Reasonable Doubt, and he does three tracks on Illmatic, and like, that's a lot. Like that that that's a that's a hefty thing. Uh, that's a, and like, th- that's part of the the CV that speaks volumes. Yeah, and I think that like you know when you have that CV, when you are that person, it changes things and it changes the way that you know artists look to you and look at you for collaborate collaborations right so i think like you know let's bring it to 1996 for a second let's talk about you know dj premier's contributions to jay-z's studio debut just like you know nas's studio debut two years before we have uh, dj premier on three singles on you know reasonable doubt he does the evils he's on friend and foe and he's on uh bring it on with big jazz and sauce money 
what did you think about his contributions to Reasonable Doubt um, compared to the rest of the album? My only beef with the with the the whole situation is that friend or foe is only like ninety seconds long, because that beat is dope as fuck. And when I, in fact, when I was trying to think what was my favorite, I think it's ninety seconds, like two minutes max. Like when I was trying to think of my favorite beats by DJ Premier, I wanted to say friend or foe, but I'm like, eh, it's not long enough. But um, Devils it w- is really fucking good too. But it, like the, the contribution is is fantastic again because these are three really good tracks and bring it on is like straight primo so like it's 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 big like that's a great album like reasonable doubt is fucking fantastic and like this is why he's on this list is because it's he's on so much so much that is good and i love reasonable doubt yeah, I think Reasonable Doubt is an, an amazing debut. I think it kind of gets a little bit swept under the rug because of Illmatic and because, you know, Jay-Z and Nas would go on to have that feud later on. And I think also Jay-Z's finding his style a little bit on, on um, Reasonable Doubt. You know, it's a little bit mafioso rap. It's a little bit of of its time, of its era. Um, but also, again, it's, it's Jay-Z. It's one of his his best projects, I would say. You know, it's in, in my personal top three or top four, depending on the day. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a, it's it, it, with him and Nas. It's like, you know, they had the obviously they both had the right producers and stuff like that. I think Nas was just naturally more gifted as a lyricist, like naturally. But Jay-Z really fucking got good. Like he improved, like the thing with Jay-Z is it was like, everything was an improvement. Everything was in the lab working and working and working. And like, I trying to think of of a rapper who works, who worked as hard as him to just craft everything. And, um, he got, he, he definitely fucking caught up. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's like no, you'll get no argument from me there. You know, I think Jay-Z's my personal favorite rapper. And I think that, you know, DJ Premier was kind of needed on this album, you know, to speak to New York, to it being a New York album, to speak to it being an early hip hop album. Um, you needed the scratches from him. You needed the sampling. You needed all that to contribute to, you know, the sound and the feel of the album. Where do his contributions on this album stand to you? Like, what are your favorite tracks on this album? What are your favorite beats on this album? You know, are they up there? Yeah, they're up there. There's a couple of devils probably I'd have to say. Like I it's it's friend or foe to be honest with you. Like that like that was the one I got like head bobbing. I just wish there was more of it. But I really like all three tracks. Reasonable Doubt's good from top to bottom. So, but I would say that, you know, his tracks really kind of, you know, they 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 stand out. They stand out in a, in an album with lots of standouts. Like Bring It On has a this really really it's he's again he's dipping into the into the into the jazz and soul influence with it and like that always just like speaks directly directly to me yeah i'd say in the same way that you know large professor is you know highly touted on elmatic i think dj premier is uh contending with ski beats on here and yeah, i think that 100%. you know feeling it is probably you know one of if not the second best song on this album i would say the evils and feeling it are definitely up there brooklyn's finest you know produced by clark kent is really good but i think you know the evils is one of the songs like the the snoop dogg sample that kind of narrates the chorus is fantastic and i love that you know because 
when did that Snoop Dogg come out, song come out? What, 93 is Murder Was the Case? Murder Was the Case? Yeah, yeah I think 93, that's... 92 maybe? Yeah, because that's off of... Is it Doggy Style? I believe so, yes. Okay, because I know he did a single with Dre pre-Chronic, and I was trying to... I always forget which single it is. But yeah, I think just like the foresight to be able to sample that, uh, when you hear that song, you know, it sounds like you could hear it for the first time today and it would still be a smash i think it's one of those songs that when you go up to radio to do freestyles like you know they're going to play that beat uh there's going to be a lot of dj premier beats that you know you want to hear other people on um so like to bring it to that time period we also have dj premier doing Nas's i gave you power you know where Nas is rapping from the perspective of a gun i think you know for me when i was you know 12 years old or 13 years old hearing that song for the first time i thought it was the best song ever i thought it was the most intelligent you know concept for a song ever it's still it's still a great song it doesn't quite wow me as much as the first time I, I heard it what did you think of that uh song and the, the dj premiere beat on that one beat is fantastic provides a really good i think what's with him and Nas in general and then maybe everyone in general with particularly Nas and why i think he also works with jay-z is because he creates this like this like you know fucking canvas for them to paint like these ideas on and he, he just locks it up uh really well with that that song i thought was like one of the most interesting i mean he's got a lot of interesting narratives in his music but i think this song just like the concept of it is one of the coolest yeah and i think i would agree and i think that i think dj premier is one of those producers that like you can put him in the room with an artist and they're going to come up with something um and even though he's working through samples and these other you know production techniques that he will still find a way to connect with that artist um you know through those elements and through the scratches and i think that is what makes him stand out so much and that's what makes him you know so unique and so sought after and that goes to the versatility again because i don't think you're doing that with large professor i did like you know what i mean i don't think i don't think that's i don't think that is going to be you know the result um i don't necessarily think that'll be the role of someone like prince paul or someone like that you know what i mean or like dan the automator i think it's it, it's you know who also you know really who are dis- who i would say disciples of primo although like coming are contemporaries as well so like it it, it, it it's hard to do that because you, your brain gets so locked into genre and then all of a sudden you're like trying to do stuff that's wider and i think what that really means is like you have like a high level musical understanding across the board that there are things that are present uh in what you do that you just know are innately present in music period and you know what i mean i think he's it's really intelligent how he just applies those to he's ever he's with because like some of his his beats are more aggressive like if he's i think he's done some stuff like vinnie paz and stuff and that's you know that's a little bit more aggressive music uh like again he's done stuff with mob deep but then there's stuff that's a little bit more laid back like all this stuff with fucking um gangstar so again that speaks to the versatility so kyle you strike me as someone who likes aggressive music what are your thoughts on mlp and firing squad and dj Premier's contributions on that album well i mean 
I'm definitely pro MOP and fucking love it. I love, I really like Firing Squad. That was definitely one of those albums I got uh, played in the kitchen a lot. Uh, but he he really works well with it too. He also pulls it back too because it's like not just like a. Listen, there's sometimes where aggression is just outright. You know what I mean, and it's overt rather than you know having uh layers and having textures and i think that's what he adds to mop i think mop is best with him yeah i think i would i would agree there too like you know i like mop on some of the more you know vicious electronic stuff but i think on firing squad which is kind of probably one of if not like the first mop albums i i really personally heard i think my favorite collaboration between them on the album he did you know what seven songs or eight songs on the album i think my favorite is firing squad um the title the title track um and then i also like stick to your guns with cool g rap that's honestly a really good fucking feature just the cool g rap in there i like i think for me like firing squad is probably the coolest on it um but uh i'm trying to also think no downtown swinger was on um another album but uh like that because you know what it is with mop is that their music can be a lot you know what i mean like it could be it can be a lot and it can be a lot of like we're stealing your chains and like this kind of stuff and that's sick and it's funny at times and it's also like a reference to the you know stuff they faced in their fucking youth uh and what you do to survive in you know in shitty situations but uh, like i think what's when you're combining someone like that uh with dj premier or a, a band like that it really helps to create balance and even in bands like that you want balance yeah and i think that i think that balance element is really important right because you need you need that kind of line um in and out right because because of the con the aggressive content of their music because you know all these other elements that you kind of mentioned that finding someone like premiere to work with and creating that sense of balance it just gives them another duality another side of edge and it kind of makes it special so i think kind of going forward i want to like jump to 1998 now uh the belly soundtrack we get the song devil's pie with d'angelo that dj premiere produces can you tell me a bit about that song? Do you remember it? Did you hear it when it came out? What do you think of it? I heard it after the fact when I got into D'Angelo. I was a little late to the D'Angelo party, but then ending ending up fucking like ended up loving it. Uh, again, like his I I, I cited uh, another work uh, with D'Angelo as like an example of his versatility. And this is the thing is that in, in interviews he talks so much, and this is D, and this is Primo uh, about um, the role of jazz and soul in his musical development. Um, and he, he, he really kind of is a student of that and understands, I mean, it's like, he obviously was into, you know, the earlier hip hop iterations, you know, in the eighties, cause he grew up around that. And, you know, but, you know, he, a lot of his musical interpretation, he says, comes through, you know, the the music he listened to growing up. And I think it's a perfect dovetail into D'Angelo because he's a D'Angelo is a, a revival, like he's a revivalist with it, um, an original one because he, you know, adds his own flavors. But 
it's it's just such a good combination. It's such a good thing that is brought to a talented artist like D'Angelo. And listen, D'Angelo knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what um you know, he knows what his thing is and he has a musical vision and you see that with the work he puts out and just like how it's interpreting uh, soul and funk and like things like Al Green and, you know, earlier Isley Brothers and like that's right up Primo's neighborhood. In fact, he probably has a stack of fucking rare Isley Brother imports somewhere in a fucking storage locker so you know he gets it and uh, th- th- like it's again this is another example of he can just kind of fucking slot in there whenever yeah and i think that's you know that's what kind of makes him special that what's that's what makes him you know that's why he that's why we're talking about him today on on this episode right now so i kind of want to break out of you know we've kind of done a little bit a few different years you know we've talked about his importance do you think that there are many producers from that era in hip hop, you know, the, some of the years that we've kind of covered that are still, you know, around to this day? You've talked a lot about RZA, you know, in direct comparison with him. You know, who are the other contemporaries that, you know, have, have lasted that long? To be very honest with you, like Rick Rubin. Like, I'm trying to think of more. Like, I'm trying to think of more, but, you know, it's like even the ones from that era that I love and are fucking good are not getting the reps that they used to. Like, even RZA, just because Wu-Tang Clan has fallen off and, like, the solo, which is understandable. Like, you know what I mean? It's a different time. It's a different era. And I think there's times when lightning strikes. Um, But I think his music, I mean, Dr. Dre as well, because, I mean, he, uh, because of, you know, Kendrick Lamar and such but like I don't really think anybody has been able to go at his height and still have the reverence for you know what his beat is you know like and even someone like Bust Rhymes being like finally me and Primo are like working on something together like Bust Rhymes doesn't need to give anybody respect at this point you know what I mean but he does and um, I, I think that you can see you can't you like you can totally see the influence on today's artists and i just can't think of anybody other than like rick rubin who is like as active and like can you think of anybody like i'm I'm racking my brain stuttering trying to fucking figure one yeah out. i really think it, like you know you kind of have laid it out it's really like rizza dr dre and rick rubin you know who have this kind of the the <sighs> The tenure, but also the heights that they can kind of take you to. And it's something that, like, if you are an artist in this era that you reach out, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Kanye has worked with all four of those art, those, you know, producers. 100%. And, like, Rick Rubin is, like, the thing with Rick Rubin and him and DJ DJ Premier is that, like, their time travel like they are applicable you can put them in other eras and since they know about music they're able to you know be chameleons with that so did you see the the verses we had last year with dj premiere and rizza not live but i i watched like afterwards and like it was like a fucking my wet dream um just because like it's two of my favorite producers and two of the three uh, greatest hip hop producers of all time, just like together. And, um, 
I think they do have similar styles. I just think that uh, Riza is a lot more raw with his. Like, he, like he doesn't make it pretty, and it's it was just really, really, really fucking cool. Yeah, I think it was it was really. I think for me the best part was hearing all the stories, like hearing them t- talk about you know the the misses, like the close calls with hip hop, and you know they had beats for certain people or who they did get to work with, who they didn't get to work with. I think those stories to me are the coolest, and to see them you know up there on stage in front of millions of people talking about moments in in life is who, something really favorite? special, and I think that you know. What was your favorite, like, no, no, my apologies, sorry, I interrupted because I'm so excited to ask you who your favorite uh, near miss that they talk about is, because I found that to be the most fascinating part. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and I I didn't, I didn't write them all down. Um, Did, did you have one that stood out? I, I feel it really, yeah, I I believe, I, I, I know that there was, uh, there was like RZA, Big E talk and shit like that, um, like, wanting to do like there was a lot of like wanting to go do sessions and stuff together but sessions yeah. don't line up and i feel like the lore is uh good with that like i think there was like just talk about because i know that um primo did stuff with biggie like he did like 10 crack commandments and shit like that um of working earlier and i know that um like there was all this time that busta rhymes was trying to work with um primo and like just like that they 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 touched on it was it was interesting i i definitely think what a larger biggie collaboration would have been would have been interesting if i'm even remembering this properly yeah no i think i think i would love like to hear rizza and biggie together and i know like you know they were close like there was like talk between you know the camps at the time i think that would have been really cool i'm really glad that we got the production from dj premier on biggie's that we did because I think that is, you know, super important to, to both their legacy. Yeah. Two quintessential New York people going at it. So I think, you know, Dr. Dre gets a lot of love in hip hop and a lot of recognition. I think I could almost make a case that DJ premier might, you know, be deserving of some of that uh, recognition and that his contributions, not that they are better or, you know, anything, but I think that, he might have a a larger legacy to me than Dr. Dre. And this might be a controversial take, but I think that is kind definitely going to be I a controversial take, there. but I'm with it. I'm here for it. What makes you think that the most? Because I think, because I, I think DJ Premier, like, you know, Dr. Dre, obviously G-Funk, but I don't think that DJ Premier is tied to Boom Bap in the same way that Dr. Dre is tied to, you know, gangster rap and G-Funk, but I believe that he deserves to be. Because I think, you know, doing research for this podcast, just like me, I'm sure you went through his, his production discography. Oh, yeah. And I think that when you kind of look at it, like, all laid out like that, you can kind of see that he shaped and shaped the sound of East Coast hip-hop. He shaped the sound of, you know, the boom-bap style and his trajectory, who he worked with, the time he worked with them, you know, that's all there and that's all present. And I don't think that gets really talked about enough because I know, you know, East Coast hip hop, New York, the New York scene, everybody was pitching in and, and contributing and, you know, helping shape and shift the sound. But I think in the midst of all that, DJ Premier is uh, a big constant in that. 
Yeah, I think because I mean, look what happens when with Aftermath. You know what I mean? When he drops that Aftermath album. Uh, it's just like they're like trying to figure out when he's going to go back to gangster rap. You know, like it becomes, yeah, like it becomes un. Is that the name of the album? I'm trying to. Is it called Aftermath? Which 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 album? Doctor Dre. Yeah, the Dre album. What one? The Compton? No, not Compton. The one before oh. 2001. It's called Aftermath, isn't it? I can't remember. Was it? Is it like the compilation album? Yeah. Remember in the the, the oh, defining. Oh, Doctor- Dr. Dre presents Aftermath, yes, yes in 1996. Yes, that's what it yes. is, I mean, because I knew yes. he named it yes. after his fucking, um, obviously, the, that's yeah, the label, That's so that's what it is, prevents Aftermath. But, like, look at what happened, like, with that, I mean, he talk about it in The Defiant Ones, where he's, you know, his wife is kind of like, are you going to go back to doing gangster rap? Like, you're good at it. Like, you know, and yeah. I think what that showed is, is how he was kind of, like, put in a box, but I don't think that wasn't warranted because the output wasn't good and um i also think that dr dre in fairness to him is also hindered from an exploration of that is because he is also a rapper that is associated with that um but at the same time i completely agree with it i think dj premier again versatility that's why when we're looking at this list like when he like dr dre was rated as um you know, I think it was double. It was a double XL who did it. They did a like sixty percent of the readers said that um, you know they had Dr. Dre as their favorite pro- producer of all time, or was it Mix Mag? I can't remember. Um, but like, I wouldn't agree with that. I'd say Premi- DJ Premier is probably the greatest hip hop producer of all time. Yeah, and I think that's kind of you know what I wanted to get at, and I think that that's what I believe. I think that he is the best hip-hop producer of all time he is like the hip-hop producer and i think that he's a large contribution to the sound and i think that you know when you look at his discography and when you look at who he's worked with even lately it's like when you need to put a hip-hop song and that's hip-hop in you know air quotes there he is who you go and seek out to add that hip-hop flavor you see that from you know artists like the game people who kind of come up um trying to emulate his style you know joey badass when he kind of has made it he wants a dj premier beat uh fat joe still works with him you know on the mac wilds lp he's on there and i i think too you know one element i want to explore is his remixes because i think that is another large kind of looming presence with dj premier is that you know he's working with pop artists he's working with you know top top 40 artists or you know getting contracted out by labels to do remixes to you know prominent songs and you know those are getting added to bonus tracks and i think that's a a very hip-hop element right because like uh that's a lot of what hip-hop is is remixes you know it's part of the culture yeah he does like for example he does uh the Guru solo uh, lifesaver. He does a remix on it. It's fucking really good. Um, there's the first of the month DJ Premier's Fat Bonus remix. That is fucking sick. You know, like there's, yeah, success by Fat Joe. Like it's really kind of. I mean, as I said, like a, a DJ, like a DJ. Has, it's got to be able to do that. They got to have that as part of their chops is to reinvent. And like, it makes sense too, because like their whole thing is, I mean, sampling is remixing, you know what I mean? It's the, 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 to an extent. And, um, you know, like even 
like remixing their own stuff. So like I think it was the you, you know my Steez twelve inch. He did so what's up. He did this uh, other version to it that was fucking sick. Um, like it's it's really crazy. Like what he's you know, like what he's been able to do, just recreating either his own stuff or the other works. And I mean, like even like Janet Jackson and, and, and shit, like it's, it's pretty crazy. So let's get into, you know, years later after Gangstar and uh, Guru's death, we see DJ Premier team up with Voice of Five Nine to form Prime. What do you think of Prime? Have you listened to two albums that they put together? Yes, yeah, so the self-titled one, the um like if you just look at the fucking features on it. It's like insane. It's like schoolboy like they have everyone to fucking like schoolboy Q, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like absolutely fucking crazy. Like some of the fucking people that that are on it. Like it it was I fucking really liked it. I also just like love Royce the Five Nine. So like I saw him. I mean, we had talked about the Mod Club and how everything good. I saw Royce the Five Nine at the Mod Club. He was like absolutely fucking sick. Uh, it, it, it's definitely really, really crazy about who they were able. Like I think they got Mac Miller. They got um a fucking Slaughterhouse. They got J Electronica. The J Electronica track is fucking sick on the uh on the on, on the first the second one's good too i really 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 enjoyed uh the fucking first one i mean um there's the it was absol mac miller on one i know he does this song called wishing with common that was fucking sick uh they sorry they do um and uh, i'm trying to remember the name of the j electronica one is driving me crazy to me to you is the j electronica one well first of all i fucking love j electronica so like that's your features on this album and it's fucking awesome really yeah, really I, enjoy it like it's a good it's a straight up awesome hip-hop album yeah and i think it's it, it's really a return to form for dj premiere you know one producer one mc um really bare bones hip-hop royce to five nine is really putting out you know great bodies of work lately and i think it's I think it's probably like an expression of fun for DJ Premier to kind of like get into this kind of mood and and, and swing and just you know I'm sure he loves producing right because he's always doing it he's doing it years and years and years later right he's like you know now like 30 plus years into the game yeah like you don't see him being like like uh, listen he's got other business stuff outside of it too but he's not like really really bumping hard on his cologne you know what I mean or yeah. like that kind of shit, right? He's not trying to work on a like no diss to Travis Scott for this, but like he's not trying to get his own happy meal. You know what I mean? His own like his own fucking like he is very much rooted. I don't, I'm not hitting artists about you know business opportunities because like you know most rappers are you know fucking black, and we all know the economic situation for black people. So ownership. Divide, establishing wealth totally cool but he doesn't like his focus is just fucking music you know is and it shows and i think this is probably a ton of fun for him because like royce to five nine is is a is a good rapper and he seems like he like he always is turning up in really cool features and he just seems like he has a very positive attitude towards rap and like a you know being thankful about still being here despite you know harsh harshness growing up and i think it's it's again it's probably such a fucking blast for you know primo to do that because he can just lay this sonic landscape and the music is just fantastic well i think it's it's funny that you bring up uh travis scott there in that example because 
Travis Scott and DJ Premier share, you know, they have a, a history together, right? Because Travis Scott's father taught DJ Premier how to play drums. Travis Scott's uncle taught him how to play the bass. And Travis Scott's grandmother was DJ Premier's English teacher. I didn't so, know about the English teacher thing. That's awesome. Yeah, like it's like this weird, you know, familial connection, you know, probably dating back to Houston. Also just really random that, you know, this kind of thing kind of came up and, and came together. And I think I'd really, I don't know if they've collaborated together yet. I don't think so. That would be There's an interesting collaboration. That I, remember. I think that'd be a really interesting collaboration. I don't know that, that Travis Scott has a lyrical prowess for it. But I would kind of. I like don't think to he can wrap it. I don't think he can wrap in and out of those. The pocket, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know that he could do it, but he I need someone who can w- dance. Totally. Yeah, I would like to see that just for the kind of history of it. Yeah. So I want to play a quick little game talking about some DJ Premier tracks. It's pretty much going to be like a this or that, and so I'm going to say two DJ Premier produced songs, and you're going to have to pick. Um, your favorite between the two. I'm fucking ready the, for this shit. The first one is Jay-Z's The Evil or Nas's I Gave You Power. Jay-Z's The Evil, hands down. Okay. I like I Gave You Power, but like Jay-Z's The Evil for sure. Second one coming up is Biggie's Kick in the Door or Biggie's Ten Crack, Ten Crack Commandments. Okay, the Ten Crack Commandments beat is like so criminally simple but awesome at the exact same time like if you put if you recorded a fucking metronome and gave it to biggie you he could just like twist around in and out of it um he's so good off the cuff obviously i've uh, quoted the 10 crack uh commandments uh at some point specifically uh not getting high off your own supply um every time i would smoke weed as a teenager i would say i am in fact getting high off my own supply even though i sold nothing and lived in bradford at the time but uh which makes me a loser uh as most teenagers are uh at the time um i'm gonna have to say kick in the door though because like my 10 crack commandments love is one of like the rare loving a biggie song because of novelty whereas i love the rest of the stuff because he's just like a total g and is incredible but i love that kick in the door beat yeah i think i'd agree with you there um next up we have Nas's Nas's like versus jay-z's a million and one questions well, i'm gonna go with the Nas track here this is an example of me going with the Nas track for sure hands down so next up we have most deaths mathematics versus group homes living proof i love living proof but mathematics is like i have a list of my favorite primo beats and that that's like in my three-way tie for the my favorite i also fucking love that album so i'm gonna say go with mo's def here like i love mathematics it's really fucking good and lastly we have d'angelo lady versus d'angelo's devil's pie first of all i want to know what's in devil's pie um, or if it's a vague sexual reference, but I'm going to have to say Lady. I do enjoy Lady very much. Interesting. I, I think I would have definitely gone Devil's Pie. I think Devil's Pie is probably one of my favorite D'Angelo songs. But it's a good sca- track. It's a good track. I love it. It's hard because those songs are both good. Yeah, the songs are both great. And DJ Premier, you know, obviously killed it. Um, so I think you know we're kind of winding down now. I'm want to ask you, you know, a few kind of last questions and, and last thoughts. Do you think that DJ Premier, his style is still relevant today in, you know, this 
trap infused auto tune era you know where are we seeing dj Premier today okay so what i'm going to ask you is last year who had the biggest year as a hip-hop producer last year we we kind of both agreed that it was hit boy okay so listen to hit boy stuff with like benny the butcher and then ask me if he's still relevant fair play kenny beats mad lib our friend of the show jan sport j like kenny beats mad lib and hit boy you're talking about three of the best producers working today who are making like legitimately important music that is fucking good and this is no um slight to the trap stuff i mean if anything i mean i would definitely be more attuned to you know what i do is like i find i love it that that like trap uh drill type beat i i I kind of really love it with uh, with the uk hip-hop artists it would like almost like the the more boom bap style would sound weird with them just because of like the influence of like grime and shit but like yeah kenny beats mad lib hit boy the alchemist uh jansport j like these guys are the perfect examples and these are guys who are at the top of the fucking game of how completely relevant they'd be in fact if every other producer spontaneously combusted right now uh we could save hip-hop and start over and again uh with those guys right uh and then also like like what's the impact of new york state of mind like it's he's absolutely relevant he is one of the people who wrote hip-hop who has written the current place we are in hip-hop and there's really for me not much of a fucking debate about it i think that's a uh, that's a perfect place to end on because i think that is you know the thesis statement of this podcast and i think that speaks to you know who we know DJ Premier, you know, lovingly called Primo to be, he is somebody who represents hip hop. And I think that it's important that he, you know, kind of get the praise that he's due because I think he is that guy. And I think that he, you know, is hip hop. And yeah, I think that's a great place to end it. Hold on a second. second. Can I just finish with one story? I'm really sorry to interrupt. Oh, for sure. So, so, uh, sorry. uh, And Boyan, do not edit this part out because I like the interrupting because Boyan, who's our technical uh, producer, will will remember this story too. Uh, So a good friend of ours uh, when we were in film school, his name is uh, Dave Stewart, very talented camera operator. Um, As a child now, we don't talk to him. Uh, We don't get to see him and talk to him very often. But basically what happened was he was doing uh, a video. I believe it was a Vinnie Paz video anyways uh with real wolf production shout out to real wolf uh we went to uh college with these guys uh they were very very talented very nice guys uh friends of the mind refinery anyways uh so dave is was a heavy metal death metal guy and they were shooting a video part of a video in uh primo's studio and dave starts taking pictures and sending it to us and he's like do you know who this guy is and it's dj premiere and me and uh mind refinery creative andrew van are like yeah you are literally in one of the most influential producers of all times fucking studio uh respect it and he respected it and we just laughed and uh that's my story i mean that was a definitely a worthy story and I, I think i remember you telling me that story before and i'm glad that you know we got to share it with our listeners because i think it's you know it's a really important story pleased to share it but anyways kyle thank you so much for joining me no problem is awesome We will be back. Talk to you soon again. Thank you, everyone, for listening.